Appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of Blizzard's Ignorant Podcast. Uh, this week, man, I have the pleasure of being joined with one of my comedian compadres. Had a chance to meet this brother one time and work with this brother one time, one time only in Greenville, South Carolina, man. But this dude been in the game for, I think, 17 years, maybe. I got to give it up for my dude, man. Drew Thomas is in the building. Drew, what's good? Man, what's going on, Jay Bliss? I, I, I can't call it, man. Dude, listen, so... Um, the way we met, we met through Sean Jones. Sean Jones, man. Sean Jones the, had a Sean show. Sean Jones is that dude, man. And and I and I can be honest with you, man. He was like, my man Drew Thomas is coming, and I was like, and I'm Who? thinking, I'm no right because I'm thinking I'm going, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking Drew. Then I'm thinking Thomas, and I'm like, he mean Alex Thomas, like you know. So I'm like, I'm trying to put names together. Right, right. Like, People be like Drew Frazier. You mean right, Drew Frazier? Right, right. I put Drew Frazier and Alex Thomas together. So I'm like, I, I was like, I'm trying to figure out. He's like from New York, right? So I'm like, I was like, man. I so I look at the flyer and I'm like, how I don't know who this dude is. I'm like, I'm, I'm tripping, right? I'm tripping because I, I have no idea. I'm like, I don't know who this dude is. And we get there to the show, you know, we do our, our pleasantries, we dab each other up, like, yo, let's have a good show, let's do what we're doing. So Sean so was like, yo, go on, do your time, Drew gonna close it out. I'm like, bet. So I get out there and I'm looking at the audience and I'm like, this cat is wilding, right? I'm like, I'm like, this dude is nice. Like, I'm like, and I can hear, like, I can hear the New York accent. I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm, I'm you live in the A, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in the A since, since 90, 91. Right, right. But it was like your your style was just uh I would say relaxed, calm, but engaging. Like it right. was like castles on the edge of their seat, like what this dude about to say next. But it was like it could be a misdirection, it could be a straight up joke, it could be a, a callback, it could be all these different things all in one set. Like like anything you were looking for within a, a, a comedy set, you had it in that one set. And I was like, damn, this dude got stories. This dude got straight up jokes. This dude got callbacks. This dude got misdirections. It was like all those things was happening at the same time. And I was like, damn, I can't catch, I can't get a gauge on a dude. Like, I'm like, I don't know where he going to go next. You know what I mean? So it was enlightening for me, especially I think I was, I think I might've been in it like 11 years at that point, like maybe 10. Right, or right. That was a few years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so been I, a minute now. Yeah, so I was just like, it was, it was good for me. It's always good when you... When you meet somebody and you go, yo, I didn't know. I, I, I know. didn't know, right? <laughs> you think you've seen it all, right? <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's been like my whole career been like that. Everywhere I go, people be like, yo, how come I, I ain't never heard about you, yo? But but obviously you've been doing your thing. Mm. So it's under the radar. And yeah. it's very it's very hard to do that, but I know how it can be done, right? right. And, and it's like not being in clicks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you that... know, I just, and I'm, it, it's just like since I started, like the group I started with in Atlanta, I mean, I started with people like Ron G, um, Byron Bowers, Mia Jackson. Oh, okay. You know, those, that's my, that's my original group. And we cool. would get together, you know, every week, you know, Sundays, there was a Sunday spot that I used to host. And then the star bar started on Monday out of that spot. Okay. To not conflict, and the star bar was ran for like seventeen years before yeah. it, it just closed down. You know, yeah. So, so we were competitive, mm -hmm. and again with each other. Each week we had six minutes. Then somebody come up with a new four minutes or whatever, and we just worked that six minutes. Right. So once I started like 
getting out on the road and, and traveling a little bit, it just became the, the crew you talk to all the time. And I just didn't get into the, the click business. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. I was I like, I'm, I'm, I'm here to work. I'm, I want to be a working comedian. Right, right. And, and that, that makes sense. Let me, let me, check, let me check this uh, connection here real quick. I'm getting like some fuzziness on my on my camera there. All right. So so being in the clicks that 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 can get you known in another way. Yeah. Right. It's like it's another like way, it's good for networking. You know, there's circles right. of hey, this person got this show. This dude do this once a month, and it's good for it's good for networking. But I, I just I don't like negativity. I don't like the the crabs in the barrel mentality of oh right. JJ Bliss getting booked now. Oh, he he getting that white money or he he doing the white rooms and I, I can't I can't drive four hours for that kind of money. And then next thing you know, hey man, how how I get booked in that spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so and and I learned early like the whole click thing to just kind of go out on your own. Like going out on your own is gonna get you a lot further because you're not being held back by somebody telling you why you shouldn't. Right. Or you in this camp, like you in this record label and you waiting for your turn or right. you know, when they're going to bring you up from the bullpen. The comedy is not that type of it's not that type, it's a it's, it's a one man game. Yeah, it's it's um it's an it's individual a soul, sport. Soul sport, man. Yeah, it's a, individual it's a sport, sport. Yeah. where, um, you know, you can be your worst defense against yourself. If exactly. You, you but you got to get out your head. You got to mm -hmm. get out your head. You got to get out your own way and you got to clear yourself to really trust your gut in this business because it's just now that people are saying hey you could do this or you could follow this or you could for us the people that's been in the game 15 years or more the, we're young in the game to people that's 20 25 30 years in the game right right so and you got so, people two and three years in the game and now all this information is out there for them which is a great thing yeah yeah let me ask you this, like, so what, what made you start comedy? Like why, like why comedy and why, why did you start? Like what, what, what was it? Uh, all right. So, so people don't know I'm Jamaican. So I was born in Jamaica, full okay. Jama whole, whole family born in Jamaica, brothers and sisters mm -hmm. in, in the Caribbean community. Entertainment isn't encouraged. You know, it's education. You got to go to school. Right. You got to be a, I was supposed to be a nurse. I'm not even supposed to be here talking to you. Right, right, right. So, so my whole childhood was that. I was good in math. My mother wanted to be an actuary scientist. But my father is an entertainer. My father is a, a comedian. In his circle, in his group of friends, this is the guy. He is the headline. He'll pull you into a joke. You 10 minutes into a joke don't know you in this joke or that this joke is about you. Right. He's a, he's a master of street jokes his personality his background is in sales and he could sing so I, I as a child you like you want to be like your father so i wanted to sing or be funny like him okay i was funny but i couldn't sing my sister got both she can sing and she funny so okay. i always wanted to be a comedian okay mm -hmm. 1981 we come to the u.s i'm nine years old all five of us living with my aunt in the bronx in one apartment with her other two kids so that's five plus three eight people in, a, in an apartment in the bronx Damn. I stay up late and I watch TV because sleep on the couch and you just trying to go to bed after everybody go to bed. Right. Eddie Murphy is on SNL. I'm nine years old and I'm like, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to do that right there. Yeah. Yeah. So it just all kind of came. I never thought of it as a profession being where right. I come from. I never looked at it as you could do this for a living. It was like, oh, you could be funny, but 
you're a funny math teacher, you're a funny nurse, not as a, a way of living. Yeah. So after I saw Eddie Murphy, I'm like, you could do this for a living? This could be your job? I, it was in the back of my mind since a child, even though I didn't hit the stage till I was 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's you know, it's strange, like um I think I remember trying comedy one time before when I was in high school. I did it, I did it in my twenties. I did a talent show at the AU Center and bombed. Like mine, 20, 21 was, years old and just left it alone. Mine was mine was at a mine was at a talent show tryout. <laughs> But I was you didn't already making to the show. No, no, no. I was already in the talent okay, show okay, for, okay. Dan, for dancing. Okay. And we got done with our audition. And then I was like, or oh, is there anybody else that's trying out? And like uh I went up there and grabbed a microphone. I was like, yo, I'm gonna do some comedy. And everybody started laughing. And we was in the cafeteria, like everybody's in there laughing. And I started telling this story about being bullied, right? Mm-hmm. And the crowd was rolling. Like everybody in the cab was like, yo, you wow. And they was laughing. And then I got done, and I didn't even know how to finish. I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, and I just put the microphone down. Everybody was, like, cheering or whatever, laughing or whatever. They are like, yo, you dumb. But it was, like, just me being who I am. Like, right, I never right, thought right. about doing comedy again until my 30s. Like, like you know, like one of those things where it was like, yo, I think I can do that. Yo, I think I, I can do it. I never was nervous about stepping on a stage. Like, I'm never nervous in front of people. Like, public speaking is not a fear of mine. Um, you know, somebody goes, yo, you got to do a public speak. I'm like, so? Like, mm-hmm. what I got to say? And it's like, it's like, they go, you don't get nervous? I go, nah. And like, even to this day, somebody like will say, do you get nervous when you go to stay? I go, nah, I'm anxious. Like, I want right, to right. It's anxiety. I wanna get on the mic. Yeah. I want to get on right. the mic. Like, I want to be on the stage. They're like, you pacing. I'm like, yo, I, I'm waiting for my turn. I want to get mm-hmm. on stage. Like, you ain't nervous? Like, nah. Like, I feel at home once I get up there. Exactly. It's the, you know it's the mean? only place that, that I, I feel totally comfortable. Right. Right. And you know, you hear athletes say stuff like that, like uh, athletes to say, you know, once I'm on the floor, once I'm on the field, I'm good. And it's like that whole buildup to getting on stage. It's, it's is so like that, true. Because I think, um, I mean, I can't speak for every, every comedian doesn't have the same, the same kind of makeup, but nah, right. like off stage, like, you know, I'm awkward. You know, I don't, I don't really like to be around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was a quiet kid. I'm, I'm okay with, I'm, you know, being by myself. You know, right. I could turn it on if need to be. I could be the, I could make your party live. Right. And then it could also be like, yo, where your man's at? He went to bed. You know what I'm saying? I'm, <laughs> so, but when I get on stage and I, and I grab that microphone and you know that these people got problems in their life and you know that yeah. it's bigger than us and it's, it's not about you. Once you understand, it's not about you. It's about yeah. these people that came to laugh. And yeah. once you understand that and understand that you're a vessel, that you're no different than a singer or a preacher or anybody that's been given this gift to make people laugh. Yeah. And when people yeah. come out and I know that somebody comes to you after a show and go, man, I've been going through such and such. And, yo, the way you made me laugh tonight, man, I, yo, I was about to kill myself, yo, but I, I'm going to do it next week, yo. And you yeah. like, <laughs> you like, yo, that's why I do it. All right, all right. That's right. why you do it. It's not it's not for girls or you know the all of that come with it. You know, you're gonna yeah. women are gonna like you. It's just like sports. You got women who like football players, baseball players, basketball players, men in military uniforms, and you got women who like comedians. So and those are the ones that, that are insane. They're insane. Like exactly. <laughs> they're insane. Like, exactly. <laughs> like I, it's funny because like a sense of humor can get you a lot further with females 
than anything else. Like women love to laugh. Like, you know, when you go to your, your show, 70% of the audience is going to be women. It's always anyway. women. They come in groups of three and four. If women a dude is there, a woman right. brought them. Right. And it's funny, um, you know, I've never, I was never shy or afraid to speak to a female I was attracted to, right? I was, I could approach anybody, but I, I always approached them with humor. I always approached with humor. Like that was my go-to. It was never on the whole, oh, I'm going to be smooth and suave. No, I was never nah, smooth. I was never I'm going to be about goofy as hell. And I'm going to be like, like trying to get this chick to laugh. And I mean, when I get her to laugh, I want to get her to laugh when she out of her space. Yes. Like she's not even trying to be fly no more. Like she's slapping the table. She and snorted. Snoring, she made, yeah, all of that. Right, I want one of them laughs, and I'll be like, "Yo, so now, like, what's your name?" You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Because like, exactly. like, all all the defense been taken down. Everything been taken down. You get to, you can put all that persona to the side, and this, you know, that we feel that when we on stage because that's why people come up to us after shows mm -hmm. and they want a part of us because we didn't got into a part of them, right? And, and let them open up and they're like, okay, I've never laughed this hard before, or I've never felt like this about a comedy show before. And it's amazing to me when someone comes up to me after a show and tell me I'm the funniest person they've right. ever seen. Yo, to this day, I'm like, me? 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 I'm the funniest person you've ever seen? And they're like, yes, like, I'm not even going to lie. And they'll, and they're like, start naming like shows they've been to. And you're just sitting there scratching your head. I think the one that got me to... The, the most and this was genuine this is why i know this guy wasn't just pulling my leg this dude said yo i'm a huge christopher titus fan and i was like oh shit and he goes you you outdid my my favorite show of his and i i took that as a compliment because i know how hard that dude worked he ain't the huge name right but i know how a bunch of a beast that dude is on yeah. stage so when somebody that's a fan of his, because you could have picked any name you wanted. Picked, this dude said, I'm a, I'm a Titus fan. I'm like, okay. And when he tell you, hey, yo, but you? And I go, yo, salute. I appreciate you, man. And, like, and that's when that's when it solidifies it for you. Like, this is this is me. This is It just made, it just made me want to write harder. Like, I want to write more. I want to be more creative. I want to be, you know, I want to take that joke to the next level. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So so when you you start out in Atlanta... You got to crew that's that's out there doing their thing or whatever. Um, like, what was it? What was it for your group? Like, was it a club you guys started at? Was it a bunch of open mics? Was it like what was it in Atlanta? Like, what was it like? Because now Atlanta is I don't know. You guys can go to a room every night, maybe. You could go to probably one or two every night. It's crazy yeah. how it's changed over the years. It was the punchline. Yeah. The punchline was. Was the original one, right? Club, okay, right. okay, okay, okay. The so that's what Jamie, Jamie and, and Marcy Jamie and, and, and Chris Petter okay. and all okay. them. They had just took over ownership just when I started. Uh, the old owner, Ron Denunzio, had just sold the club, went mm. down to Florida, had the same management. Jamie and Chris were the new owners. So that was right around like 2004, 2005. Right, right, right. So met all these people in, in the club, hanging out. We were the open micers. Open micer was, open mic was every Wednesday at the punchline. It was okay. so competitive. You had to sign up weeks in advance to get on the list. Right, right, right. And then right. it was like 10 people and then a, and then a headliner would be like a, a local feature. Somebody right. would close out the show. He would host the show and close out the show. I right. signed up six weeks in a row. Yeah. Drove up there six weeks in a row. Then finally, the uh, manager of the club called me over. She called me over to the window. She said, uh, 
what's your name? I said, Drew Thomas. She said, you signed up before? I said, yes, I've been signing up for the last six weeks. She said, okay, and she walked off. Then she comes back and she puts up the list for the next week. We all standing out there. She come back, she puts up the list. I see Drew Thomas, six minutes. Wow. I said, oh man, I'm on the open mic list next week. Wow. <laughs> Yo, that's, you know what? That's funny when you say that, it just kind of made me get this feeling. Like, you know, dude, like you have no idea, like what it's like to know you got time. Yes. And, and like a week in advance, not a phone call. Like, yo, can you come do like a week in advance? So you psyching yourself up. Like, for the whole week. For the whole week. That's all for the whole week. My, man, my man that came with me, I had a friend who, this guy encouraged me for 10 years. Yeah. I met him in 94. This dude for 10 years was like, so when you going to do it? So when you going to do it? So when you right. going to do it? Chilling in the apartment, making everybody laugh, football games, hanging out. Man, you hilarious. So when you gonna do it? So finally I do it. Yeah. And my man is there with me. And I say, yo, six minutes next week at the punchline. Like it was, it was all I could think of for the whole week till the, the day. Right. Right. That mean that dude, I uh Columbia, uh Columbia used to do um the 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 comedy house used to do open mics. But you had to call the last uh, the last Friday of every month to get on to the Wednesday. Oh, okay, okay. So they had a Wednesday for the month. Right. So you had to call to get on one of those Wednesdays on that Friday. So you only got one week out of the month. And you, didn't, you, you might not get through. You might not get through. Did you get through? Yeah. So I would call that Friday morning, 8 o'clock, and people start calling at like 745. They just start dialing, keep dialing. Right. And I remember I called, they were like, what's your name? I was like, uh, you know, I was going by my government name and gave my name. They was like, all right, so we got you on the second Wednesday for five minutes. I was like, all right, cool. Original material, no cursing, uh, you know what I mean? And, you know, you got to stick to your time. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, and I was like, bet. So, I, you know, I'm driving down. I'm, I'm excited. I'm an hour. That's an hour and 20 minutes. Right, I'm driving right. down, whatever. I get I get to the joint. I, I can't even believe I'm in this joint. You know what I mean? And I go up there. I do my time. I was married at the time. My, my wife had came down with me. She's like, look, you nervous? I'm like, yo, I can't wait to hit the stage. Even then, all I had was my five minutes. That's all I had. I had yeah, my I had five, six minutes. Five, <laughs> I did at my graduation. Exactly. So I go up there and I do my five minutes and the dude, the dude that run it, Pete, Pete, was Pete, like, he's not there no more. Yeah, I know. Pete was like, man, that was, that was good. He was like, that was, that was really good. And he was like, you, can you come back next week? And I was like, yeah, but I'm, I'm not on the list. He's like, come back next week. I was like, all right, cool. So I came back the next week and did like a whole nother five, like a whole different five. He's like, oh, okay. That's, that's great. You know what I mean? So I would, I would come down from time to time and, yeah, I just remembered like that sign up thing, like that sign yeah. up. But the best part about me starting comedy was I had a room that would give me time anytime I showed up. Oh. That you was can't the, beat that. that was the big chill. That was Chris Funny Man Robinson and them, but it was a it was a it was a hard room. Was it the uh the Thursday spot? Yeah, the big Antoine chill spot. So yeah, 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 AJ, AJ, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I rocked yeah. that room a couple of times. Yes. That room was yes. a great room. I yes. brought uh uh and and if you I don't know if you interviewed them yet or when you get them on, but um 
um, Funny Man, Funny Man from Burning Man. From yeah, Burning. I, had, I had Funny Man on. Yeah, I had Funny I, Man on. I brought already. him to that spot for the first time. He was he was young in the game. I said, "Come with me to Charlotte." He, I brought him with me. We talked about that on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. He didn't say it was you though. That's crazy. Yeah, it was me. No. Yeah. So so the funny thing about that room that was my workout room. Okay. So you know, I love I love that room, y'all. I missed that spot. It was it was crazy. I mean, one time Keyshawn Johnson came in there, and uh, you know, I was like, uh, like, hey man, y'all gonna win this week? He's like, yeah. I said, you gonna drop a pass? He's like, I don't never drop. I said, dude, you dropped it last week. That's why we lost. And man, everybody, everybody that Joe was like, yo, you wild, Ellie. Get off the stage, man. Ellie, you you can't be talking to Keyshawn like that. I was like, man, boy, Keyshawn. I was like, boy, Keyshawn. I ain't no Panthers fan anyway. You know what I mean? It was it was crazy, but that was. That was like a great, great room. I remember going yeah. in there one night and doing a set, and the dude in the audience had just came up. He they let him up on stage to do two minutes, mm-hmm. and he got booed off stage in two minutes. He didn't even make it to two minutes. And then I got on stage right after him. I started doing my set. He was like, "Man, you corny. You did the same shit last week." And I was like. I said, I did this last week. He's like, yeah. And I said, yeah, you should have told one of these jokes then. And man, the crowd was like, yo, yo. Yo, they was like, yo. And then like when a headliner was in the back, it was like T.P. Hearns or somebody. And then like uh, uh, Reginald uh, Ballard. Uh, okay. From man. And it's like, yo, yeah, young dude. It's like, don't don't let nobody get you like, get you rattled, man. Go ahead, go at him. I'm like, no doubt. And uh, you remember the bar on the side to the yeah. right. It would be loud over there. <laughs> Chris, Chris would always be violent with the crowd. He was like, yo, y'all shut the fuck up. I like Chris. You're making the crowd like in a different mood, he man. Good host, though, man. He he hosted that room good, man. It's funny how me and Chris met. So we did a show in Augusta, man. This might have this might have been 2005 because I was on the road with Tyler Craig. I opened for Tyler Craig for like two years. Uh-huh. So he takes me to Augusta, and it's is him and and uh Chris. And uh, Tyler brings me with him. I don't even have no hotel room. Wow. So they go and put this this girl on the show. I can't remember what her name was, but they were like, well, we don't want to put her on first because ain't no crowd out there. So we're going to put you out there. So they put me out there. The people wasn't even seated yet. They were still coming in. Wow. It's like, oh, yeah, that's me, three and four. So they throw me on and it didn't go well. Right, right, right. So then the, the rest of the show went on, and Chris was like, yo, well, you can have my hotel room because I'm going back to Charlotte. I said, all right, so that's how I got a hotel room. Yeah. Speed up now, Sean Jones bring me to do the show in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chris is hosting. I get off stage. He goes, I don't know when you got good, but that <laughs> happened fast. <laughs> but see, he wasn't even, they should have known it was because the crowd wasn't coming in. You know what I mean? That's funny, man. Chris, Chris was that dude, man. I I gotta get him on the podcast because I don't think he's doing comedy anymore. Okay. I gotta get him on because, like I told you, first time I hit the stage, man, I got there and, and I was at A and J, and they was like, "Yo, you get like five minutes." And Chris, like, "You going first? He was like, "Right now in the lineup." He's like, "You going first? I said, like, "I got to go first. He's like, "Dude, I don't, I don't know you, man." I was like, "All right, man, cool." You know what I mean? So, you know, we do the thing. I go up there and do my thing. When I got done. You know, he dapped me up. He on the crowd. He like, yo, this is my man first time on stage. You know, and he's like, yo, this ain't your first time. I said, this is my first time on this stage. I said, I was on stage at the Comedy Zone. I said, this is my second time on stage. And the dude was like, and then like DJ Polo was like, yo, it was only two people that ever came in here and fucking ripped. 
for the first time on stage. He's like, you and Kenny Mack. And I met Kenny Mack that night. He came up right after me. And me and Kenny Mack was like that, like right after that. Like we used to always go up there. Kenny Mack called me like, Dude. I think I got his number in my phone. I think I met yeah. him. Yeah. Like, Kenny Mack, are you going up there this week? I go, yeah, man. We should, we, should just, we should just head up there, head up there and try to get stage time. And as soon as we walk through the door, Chris be like, I got y'all. He's like, y'all just go in the back. I got y'all. And we, anytime, any, any, I didn't care if it was the biggest show. I don't care if they had Eddie Griffin that night. We walk in there, but like, he'd be like, five minutes, five minutes. And it was it was. Oh, clockwork. that's respect, man. But yeah. if you could get on a show like that by walking in and going, oh yeah, yeah, you could do five. That yep. means you 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 tight. You you're yeah. gonna do a good job, and they well, trust Chris, you because. Well, Chris, Chris, Chris didn't want to. Chris didn't want to do the time. He like Chris. Chris like, look, I'm here. To, I'm here to get paid. I'm here to get these people in here. I done sold these tickets. I done filled up the show. I gotta run and do all these other things. Let them do the time. Chris would come in and do his five minutes and be like, "All right, so I'm coming, bringing coming to the stage." <laughs> he like, "Yo, y'all do the y'all fill up the time." You know what I mean? It was, and that's how we would know we would get time. Yeah, so, you know, that probably was, need that another was, spot like that, man. Another man, another indeed, once a man. month like that where people indeed. can just come out, dress up, have a good time, have drinks. Those are some of the best shows, man. Right, right. And I would, I would, I would, I would, <laughs> I would set people up like people that started the comedy zone. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm killing it. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm like, yeah, but you ain't go out to Big Chill. You ain't go to the Big you Chill. Ain't, you ain't go to Scandalos. You know what I mean? You ain't, you ain't go kill that room. You know what I mean? And they'd be like, Mom, I'm going to go. I'm like, all right, come with me. Then they do the like, after party. What was that club used to do the after party? That was the, that was, uh, that was the Big Chill. And then um, they moved to Scandalos, which was the old comedy zone. Okay. That was on Independence. Yeah, yeah, and then there was yeah. a club downtown like Ice or something that uh, Ice you um, would go to after, and then I was like, after oh, I would stop going. Oh, somebody oh yeah, got yeah, shot out there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I would never do the after. But I lived, I lived there, so you know, I don't. Yeah, do dude yeah. got <laughs> shot. Dude got shot in the head. Um, I think one night me and Double D was there after we left. Oh man, that's why I don't do them after parties, yo. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know nothing about that. Especially one, them hood shows where the, the the promoter be like, "Yeah, then you are gonna come on down to the the, uh, the local spot and hang out, take some pictures with some." I'm like, "Nah, I ain't going." I ain't doing none of that. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you the other thing we used to do on the road. Like we used to go to the promoter shows. You know when you do them hood promoter shows, mm-hmm. and they give you the hotel room. So you get to the hotel and they give you the key. They like, "Oh, here's the key to the room." Be like, "I right, appreciate it." I get to the hotel, change my room. I'm like, "Change, change my room." Right now, change because he kept the other key. Yeah, I'm like I, I ain't dumb, yo. Like I'm not dumb. I'm like, yo, change my key. I change the key. They give me the other joint. I think one night uh, I, I was there because I, I pulled up, I parked my car around the back, and I changed the key. And it was a car that was parked out front. It was running. It was just sitting there running. Mm. And I was like, I was like, this is a fucking setup, man. I was like, I ain't. I'm not. Um, I ain't staying in this room. And I changed my room. <clears throat> I changed my room. And then I left. I didn't even stay. I was like, "Y'all just changed the room," and I left. I was like, "I'm not staying." I was like, "This." Yo, if you don't have that that gut, man, on the on the road, man, the yo, you gotta you got it. Just stuff go off in your head, like yo, this don't this don't feel. This don't, right. this I don't left add the up. town that night, like yo, you know what? I'm gonna drive as far as I can and sleep, but I ain't staying here. I had a show in Raleigh one time, and the promoter didn't have my money. Ugh, those and um ones. and I told him, I said, uh. I said, yo, man, I drove uh, two and a half hours. You know what I mean? So he's like, yo, just didn't. I said, let me tell you something. I said, I did my time. I said, again, you should have paid me before I got on stage. Right. But I did my time. I was like, now, I know people here. 
was like, so one or two things can happen. You can give me my money or I can handle it another way. All I got to do is make a couple phone calls. I said, that's you out front, the white joint, right? The white beamer, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, I'll be outside. A dude came up like 20 minutes later and was like, yo, we, we got you. I was like, all right. <laughs> I said, all right. I was like, Cause, yo, my whole thing was, was, look, I mean, I don't never have to work with y'all again, but you probably won't show another comedian. Right, you know right, I mean? right. I was I'm, like, I'm recommending nobody to you. I was like, yo, I mean, I needed that bread. I needed to get back home. I need that bread. I was like, I ain't got time to be playing with y'all, man. I need that bread. I've always, yo, when, if anybody tell you that dude know me, they go, yo, that dude do not play about his money. Mm-mm. We've all had that conversation. We've all had that conversation. My money, man. I don't take shorts. I don't take the let me pay you later. I don't take, so we cool. No, man. You said this. You take the short. That's what you said. Because I do it. Right. I've, I've done shows where I lost. And, and how about how about we've all done this, too? We brought people with us. They didn't have all the money. You got to come out of your bread to pay the person you brought. Pay the person. You want to make them whole because it ain't they fault that they own the bullshit. They came on you so that it don't them not getting their money don't have nothing to do with the people doing it to you. Right, right, and that's that's dude. That's and it's so unfair. I hate and that's, that part and of that's on every level. That's whether it's fifty dollars or two thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm paying you your money. I've had I've had that. I've paid people that. Right. And right. even if it's that, I'm like, yo, I'm sending you a thousand now. I'm sending you five hundred. Yo, I, here's your travel. I'm doing a cashier's check for the rest of your money, or I'm gonna have a check for you that night, and I'm putting yeah. it in your hand before you go on stage. Dudes love working with me. What? What? Name a name and tell me a show that that you guys paid a dumb amount of money for something dumb. Like you was like, I get paid for this. Like, like you think you think one of those joints? Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did this. This college, this college, uh, hired me to to um host their talent show. I done those. Yo, it was a corny ass talent show, but they wanted me to do like time in between and make fun of the kids, and it it paid like thirty five hundred. Man, it was the funniest gig ever. Like, you want me to make fun of funny looking white kids? Yo, yo. yo, colleges give yo, yo get mad money and they gotta spend it. So you, they you gotta spend it. It's in the budget. You can ask for it. Like oh, I remember, I hosted one time at UNCC, and they were like, "What's your fee?" I was like, fifteen hundred. They was like, "All right." That was like, what the hell, yo, you went too low. You should have said yeah, right. But it was crazy. It's crazy because I knew that was the rate. That was the right, goal right, right. Before. You knew the number. I knew the number because you like, could have oh. you could have easily said eight hundred which is a, still a big payday and shot yourself in the foot. They'd be like, nah, well, we're looking for a $1,500 guy. And you're like, right, Damn. right, exactly. And you I, could I mean, lose I, a gig just like that too. So just like you gotta that. know your worth, you know, know your work. Well, know I mean, my work, I tell people all the time, like, uh, you know, my work is what I feel like that day. Like if somebody's saying, yo, um, you know, we want you to do this. We want you to do that. If they tell me it's a weekend gig, I like, dude, you know, the price go up. The price of the brick is way up on a weekend. And they, you know, I got to explain. If it's why. one night on the weekend, you're gonna pay me the same because now you're taking the whole weekend. You're taking a whole weekend away. Like I can't. No, the club is gonna be like, all right, well, you can't do Friday, but you can do Saturday. Like they're not gonna tell you that. They're like, nah, you get the whole weekend. It's gone. You know what I mean? So I tell them all the time, yo, your price is gonna be crazy on the weekend. Some people don't understand. They go, man, but I'm only booking you for Friday though. But yeah, but what do I do Saturday? Yeah, you got to give me my money. So you got to pay me for the whole weekend because <laughs> you only one night. 
<laughs> you want me to come hang out with your family on Saturday, man? Go play some spades or something? Because I'll do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like the whole thing, you know? It, that's funny. I, I would I would say this, like, there's been gigs where it wasn't worth the money. Yeah. And then there's been gigs where I I got I robbed the people. Like, I yeah. robbed them. Like, right, I, right, like, right, right. Yeah, there's no totally reason I should have got paid that much money for what I did. You know this what I mean? It wasn't worth like like there's a when I was starting out. So when I started out, I never really made it about money, right? I wanted the reps in the club to get good. I wanted the feel of four shows, five shows, six shows. Right. So I remember this one club I used to work work down in Florida, and um that was a a, a nine-hour drive from Atlanta for 250 for the weekend. Wow. And the dude's selling point was the hotel because he's like, I put you up in the crown. Right. I can't right. eat that. That's <laughs> Fort Walton. No, that was in um Fort Myers. Fort Myers, okay. Yeah, this was 250 for the whole weekend, Friday, Saturday. The whole weekend. That's crazy. Yes, man. And I'm like, yo, if you if you drive and come back, you broke even. You did the Bahamas gig? I did the Bahamas two times. Two I, I did it for the first time. Uh, this time last year, like I was okay, there yeah. before Christmas. That was the very first time I first time I ever did it, and I I did leave with money. You left with money? I left with money. I figured it out. Like I talked to so many comedians, and they gave me the breakdown. Like they was like, "This is what you got to do." Like they gave me every bit of information. Yeah. Like I talked to like Andy Forrester. I talked to like Ryan Van Gender, and I talked to Sean. I talked to all these comedians. Like, yo, what do you do? It's like, yo, this is this how you this is how you come back with money. And they, they wrote that Jay broke that joint down. And I'm telling you, I follow that joint to the T, man. I, I think- came back with money the first time. The second time was planned. I went the first week by myself. I did it how you supposed to. I had a uh-huh. hot plate. I had the, the camping equipment. Right. I had cold cut soup, all of that. Right. And then the girl I was dating at the time came the second, second week. week. And all that money. And I'm swimming with dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the restaurants on the property, yo. I left with nothing. <laughs> yo, that's right, dude. I'm gonna tell you that Bahamas gig is so crazy because they try to make it seem like, well, we just it's a it's a vacation for the comedians. I'm like, yeah, dude, but I, I'm I'm here. I'm about making money, right? And it's two and, weeks, right? So like this, the the way that I would flip it was like I would go down to that Italian restaurant, right? Uh huh. The pizza place, and I would get one of them fruit joints, like the big big thing of fruit. Okay. Which was like $8, but it like it's $4 because you get half off or whatever. Yeah. So I would buy one of those and that would be like my breakfast. Like I would get the fruit. I would eat the fruit half of that for breakfast. And then I would eat it like in the afternoon for like a a later snack. Yeah. And and then like my my coffee, I would go to that Dunkin' Donuts to get my coffee and my bag in the morning for like $3, right? And then at night, I would at dinner time, like around 4 o'clock, I would go to that deli and get them big ass sandwiches. So you can eat that joint, you can eat half the sandwich. And that'd right. be and then later at night, if you got really, really hungry, you would eat the rest of that. And then I would do the fruit thing in the morning again. Like Yo, that's- I used to go across the bridge underneath where they got the food trucks, the local food trucks. Yes, right there on the right on the side, the little conch yeah. salad, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so- I get a couple plates of like conch, fried conch and rice and peas or something right. else. Right. take that back and put it in the fridge. So when my girl came the second week, she ain't even recognized me, yo, because I'd been eating soup for a whole week. She was like, yo, what? I ain't even recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> yo, we did walk, me and me and, uh, me and Eric Grady, I, that's who was featuring for me that week. 
We walked across the bridge and, and walked to the uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. And like, like they like they was freaking out because like it was cheap over there. Like they yeah, had, right, right. Once you cross that bridge, it's different. It was mad cheap, mad cheap. I was like, oh, we off the property. The joint was mad cheap, and we we hit that grocery store up. And then yeah. yo, the strawberries was ten dollars. I was like, yo, y'all tripping, yo. But they got Kroger bags. They <laughs> yo, I was tripping. I said, yo, how your produce ten dollars? I was like, everything yo, is brought in everything, everything. Is brought into the nothing is produced there. So even the yo. water is barged in. Yo, Beer, we, everything. We, we bought I bought a loaf of bread and some peanut butter jelly, yo. Eight and dollars. I was I was killing on the I was killing the peanut butter and jelly like That's for what the, I had, yo. I was doing turkey sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Yo, the Bahamas joint is crazy, yo. But it's that but is. it is a, it's one of those gigs, like if you if you seeing somebody or taking the kids, it's a because you gotta say to yourself. I couldn't afford to stay at Atlantis for two weeks. Right. No, you, you're absolutely right. And but here's the here's the crazy thing why they get you. They charge if you bring people, they charge you extra for the yeah. cleanup for the person. Per and day. You gotta, you gotta tell them. And you're no. watching this on your on your screen when you look at your portfolio, seven dollars a day for housekeeping. Oh, let me tell you. Don't where look it, at that portfolio, yo. Do not. Nah, you'll be mad. <laughs> you'll be like, yo, I'm spending mad money. You'll be mad as hell. And the Jordan, Jordan is crazy. I, the thing that got me was when I found out about the sports book in the back. Oh, okay. I found out, like, when I first got there, the Eagles was playing the Giants. And I was like, yo, the game ain't on in the room. They're like, oh, yeah, go in the back to the sports book. So I walk all the way to the back. And I'm like, yo, they had the screens, mad people back there, Giants fans, Eagles fans. I'm like, yo, this is dope. We get to like the third quarter. The dude in front of me just lit up a cigar and started smoking that joint. I'm like, you can smoke it in? It's like, yeah. I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. I was like, yo. So I'm grabbing cigars out my room. I'm back now. I'm there every night. After every every show, I'm down there watching basketball, football, down there just smoking. I was like, yo, this is going to be the best two weeks ever. So like that was that was, that was was great. That was like the best. Yeah, I would do it again. I would do it again. But I might do what you do. Like, I would do it, and then I would bring my kids. Like, I would. Right, right. I would um, do it like that. I would tell, and, um, tell my mom to like, put them on a the plane. Yeah, tell them to put them on a the plane. Family vacation. Right. Because mm -hmm. you you getting the accommodations paid for. I right, miss right. walking the property. I like you. I miss going down to the cove and mm -hmm. down over to the other side and just, you know, walking all around. Because yeah. I never left the place other than going to get food right i was getting my exercise too like I yeah was like, you walk I was all around with a like, with yeah. a yacht are and the timeshare man it's a it's a lovely property them yachts was ridiculous like jerry jones joint pulled up in front of the joint we was there that joint tiger woods joint was down there one time when i was down there that joint don't make no sense bro you just it was all-star weekend one year so all the dudes who didn't make the all-star uh, team was in was at Atlantis, Atlantis walking around. It was it was the it was the nicest thing. I'm like yo yo, it was like stars, but they didn't make the All Star team. That's ridiculous, man. That's ridiculous, bro. Yeah, one year I was down there. Shane Battier, Bobby Jackson, you know, a bunch of other players was just down there chilling. They just went down there and hung out. So my picture was in the lobby. Okay. Of the, of the joint, like you know, for the comedy show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the two weeks, and I'm standing in the lobby, and the lady was like. <laughs> Um, she's like, um, are you, are, is that you? I'm like, yeah. You know, she's like, so are you like singing or something? I'm like, no. They always thought, think you sing. She thought I was Darius Rucker. I'm like, nah, like, nah, I'm a comedian. And so, so I'm like the next couple of days, 
there was the there was the weekend. It was the weekend that uh, UNCC was playing in a bowl game down there. Okay. And one of my old coworkers from the bank hit me up like, "Are you in the Bahamas?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. why?" Because I saw your picture in the lobby. I was like, "Yo, that can't be him." She was like, "We was down at the at the pool and we thought we saw you walk past." And one of my old coworkers like, "I didn't want to be racist and be like, it just because it's a black dude with a bald head, I didn't want to make it seem like it was Justin." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, yo, that show was mad funny. And they was they was they just happened to be down there. They just happened to be down there, and it was crazy when that happens, or when somebody recognizes you and something. I, I mean, like even now, I still think like, man, nobody don't know who I am, but people do right. know who you are. You know, just it just the circles you move in, and you don't know who your fans are. Nah, you don't. You, you really don't, don't, man. You don't know who your fans are. Like people really follow your comedy, right? So you got fans in places you don't even know, man. I got, I got fans in Norway, Australia, all these people. I don't know how you heard me. And they're like, yo, we love you over here. Come over here. So I'm in the airport in uh, California. I think Ontario. Asian lady. And I'm and I'm racial profiling because Asians don't just walk up to us and recognize right. me. Some things, right. most times Asians walk up to me, they're asking me to get something off the shelf for them. Right, like right, right. Or they think I work there because I'm tall. Right. So the lady walks up and, and she looks at me and I go, hi, how are you? And she goes, NBC. <laughs> love you and walks <laughs> off and i'm like what <laughs> and i'm like yo you just don't know man yeah that's dope right there man what would you Especially say last like you was on laughs too right no i wasn't on laughs like laughs? a lot of people a lot of people really think that i do i have way more i thought you credits. was on laughs so so laughs was only in a few markets right well it was right. heavy in those markets right? right and some of the markets i don't even play but you'll go to those places and people know you from that from that show yeah so i was on like that was the i was supposed to tape that okay uh, but you know it's it's always weird with me when it comes with tapings and getting okay. information and uh don't get that's a whole nother podcast that dude never oh, make it my way. i feel like never i feel like i am the, i am the most shitted person in charlotte that has ever come across, like they'll be at the comedy zone and be like, yo, so we doing this uh taping, and I'm like, yo, so nobody wanted to call me. And they yo, go, no, that's, we, that's we me in Atlanta, be doing yes, me. Yes, and I'm, I'm seeing, that guy. I'm the yo, you know, the uh the Kevin Hart people was here last night. They was looking for 50 funny comics. I'm like, and 50 of y'all couldn't, there was 50 of y'all ahead of me. 50 of y'all ahead of me, right? And that's so funny because I always feel I'm like it's, it's crazy because when I see the people that have TV credits that I should have been on, I go, yo, you got like seven TV credits. Like, I got, I got one. And the one that I have is crazy. The one that I have is the Stand Up Nashville that just happened. Okay. Congrats. Last year, right. That, that happened last year. And I got the phone call because I would bug the fuck out of the booker. At Zanies. To bring me back to Zanies. And it was like, yo, I I got I got this for you. I'm like, all right, thank you. You know what I mean? But it was like one of those things. And even that was crazy because when I taped that, I went first. And I was like, they was like, yo, you ain't got a problem going first? I was like, dude, I feel bad for everybody that got taped after me. Yeah, my whole, like, you know, I'm always the first. Yeah, so I and, got used to it over time. It just, it was over time that it was like, you can't go first no more. But I was the first dude forever. Right, right. <laughs> it's funny when they ask, when they, when they say, yo, why, why, why you gotta worry about it? I said, dude, it's been 15 years I've been waiting to get on TV. I was like, so I got all closers. 
I was like, I'm not, I'm doing all clothes ready for my set. You know what I mean? So it was like one of those things, but I do have my dry bar coming out at the beginning of this year. There you go. There so you that go. One, that, that one, that, that one might be the one where I'd be like, all right, boom, y'all check that's this gonna, out. That's going to get you work. Cause those, those things get like million plus views. views yeah. The views be crazy. That, yeah, I got to get crazy. back with them. I was supposed to tape and then I ended up, um, uh, doing the punchline for Valentine's weekend. Yeah. And, I had to cancel and the dude that got it for me was like, man, you can't cancel. And I'm like, man, is this, you could have canceled on me, man. This thing is about business. Yeah. I feel you. Like, I mean, I think you'd be great on that, man. Like I really, yeah, I was, I was supposed to do it like two years ago. So maybe three now. So what would but you now the money changed. The money done went down from when I was going to do it. And it was about really? money. Really? Yeah. The money, you, the money was, it used to be three. Oh, nah, it wasn't that. No. Yeah, and then that. when I right when I was about to tape, I get an email like two weeks before, like, "Oh, I made a mistake. The money is two, but my cut is the same." So I'm like, "How you get the same twenty percent, and I'm not getting the same amount of money I was getting?" It wasn't even that, but it was. Worth now it's, it. now I heard it's like fourteen or less. Nah, it's a little more than that. It was okay, like seventeen something. But here's the thing: it was worth it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, it was worth it because, like I said, I only taped twice. That was the same amount that I would get for a weekend gig. Plus, with, what you're gonna get out of it is worth it. That's seventeen. Right. Is, it's not the one seventeen now. It's the, it's the gigs and gigs and gigs. That's it's the gigs that's supposed to come after that, right. right? But now you know with the COVID thing, you don't know what the hell gonna happen. Well, but. Not, I think by March, I think once the vaccines start to get out, you know, there's gonna be work. I think we're gonna have a nice about year and a half of a nice boom because everybody gonna do something. They are gonna book yeah. a comedian at the cookout, at the retirement party. <laughs> at the, everybody gonna have a comedian. <laughs> right. I mean, like I said, I mean, what what would you say your uh your demographic is? Like, what would you? Because we can we can we can say what our demographic is, but your demographic they basically states what it is, especially when your comments on social media, who follows you. Yeah, I, I say uh, uh fifty and over, forty five and over, man. Uh, yeah. Homeowners. Yeah. Uh, college educated. That's the people that really you know dig my stuff. You resonate know? with your stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's, I so don't do you, that well with the young people. I do have, you know, young people will come and then go, yo, my dude, I ain't never heard of you before. You funny as hell. And even in the hood too, but they don't reach to me, you know? Right. How'd you get connected in Vegas? You stay, um, in, Ve- you stay in Vegas. Like, you stay, like, you Vegas. Like, how did you get connected in Vegas, bro? Uh, first, I used to play, uh, there used to be a club in Atlantic City uh, at the Tropicana, the Comedy Stop. Yeah, and that dude also owned a club in Vegas. He had a club at the Arms um, of Sahara. Right. So I used to play his club in Atlantic City and in Vegas. And then my manager at the time, Tony Camacho. I met him. Here. You met Tony Camacho? I met Tony in Iowa. Tony Camacho has managed everybody in the business at least once. Everybody leaves him, but he's. <laughs> I met Tony in Iowa. But they've handled, they've been handled by Tony. So Tony managed me for like five years, man. He was my uh-huh. first manager. Right. And then Brad Garrett knows Tony from back in Jersey because Tony used to book all the rascals back in right. Jersey. People right, right. The history of comedy clubs. There was a bunch of rascals in all over Jersey and Tony was the booker for rascals. Right. Brad Garrett is opening his club out here in Vegas and brings Tony out here to be the general manager of his comedy club. I right. said, Tony, you my manager. You got to get me in the club. Right. He said, yo, I'm going to get you in as the MC. I said, Tony, I'm not coming out to Vegas as no MC. If you my manager, why you can't get me in 
at the middle spot. He said, it's only right. celebrities. I said, well, give me the middle spot then if it's only celebrities. I'm cool with that. Right. I had to wait, you know, like two years. Finally, he was like, yo, I got, I got you a middle spot. I said, it took you long enough. Right, right, right. Get the middle spot. Just so happened the week I come in, Brad Garrett is here and Carl LeBove is the headliner. Right. Brad ain't never seen me before. I get off stage. He hands me a hundred dollar bill, said, get you a steak dinner. And where the fuck did you come from? And I've been locked in. I've been locked in in Vegas ever That's since. That's dope, bro. That's dope. Like, I remember um, I was doing Uber for a little while. And somebody that was related to Brad Garrett was in my car. And he okay. asked me what I did. And I was like, yo, I'm a comedian. He's like, you got any clips? And I'm like, showing him. I'm telling him to go to YouTube, type in certain things. Dude in the back of the car, dying laughing. Right? He's like, yo, you funny. I'm like, man, appreciate it. You know, he's like, yo, I'm forwarding your information to Brad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, okay. And it's so funny because when you hear stuff like that, you always go, it ain't going nowhere. Like, that's not how this business works. You know what I mean? It's always funny. Like, when you talk to your friends online, he's like, yo, I'm going to be here this weekend. Like, yo, when you coming to Atlanta? I'll be like, yeah, it don't work like that, y'all. Yeah, like, I don't like, 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 <laughs> I got this one fan in Peoria, Illinois, and this dude hit me up on Facebook and be like, yo, when you coming to the jukebox? And I'll be like, you think I haven't asked the jukebox? Right, right, right. I've been trying to get into the comedy jukebox since I started comedy. <laughs> but I love it though. It just it just it just tell you how the, the fans don't understand how it works. And right. it just it just lets you know that they genuine in expressing when you come into my city because they yeah. don't they don't really know how it works. Like, oh okay, that's where you live, y'all. Next Saturday. I'm there, I'm at your spot next week. Right. That's what they 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 think it can happen just like that. You know what I mean? But it's so funny that they think like Oh well, you're funny, so the club's gonna hire you. Nah, I don't work like that, man. Like it, <laughs> it don't work like that. You might have a better chance of you calling the club and telling them about. That's what me. I tell them. I, and yeah. whatever they say, I say, hey, call your local comedy club and request me. If you keep requesting somebody, the club gotta be like, who is this dude? Yeah, right. well, if they keep requesting them, that means if we put the tickets on sale, people would probably buy it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the that's the that's the crazy part, you know. So so. You started Atlanta. Uh, do you perform in Atlanta a lot? Well, before the earth shut down, but yeah, do no, I don't. <laughs> I don't perform in you Atlanta don't. a lot. I, I okay. play the punchline maybe once a year now. Uh huh. You know, it's my home club. If I get a week there and I do a couple spots around, I'll do people's shows every now and then. Sometimes you might need grocery money or you want to go try out a couple yeah. new jokes or something. So if I yeah. want to do them, I do them. But I really don't. Atlanta, there's no money in there. And it's, you know, you can stay there and, and, and develop, but you have to really be focused on what you're doing or you're just going to get caught up in this circle of chasing this $100 in these rooms. And Absolutely. Yeah, that's, see, not a, that's not a career. I see clips of you quite a bit, man, you know, before everything went down at the at the Falcons games. And I said, like, yo, Drew, 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 Drew be dialed in. Like, I'm, a, I, you might be just as diehard a Falcons fan as I'm an Eagles fan. Yo, know, well, like, see, I'm a football fan, and right, I grew right. up a Jets and Giants fan. So, oh, but Jets I've been and Giants, my, okay, yeah. Jets and yeah. Giants from New York, really more Jets than the Giants, but those are the okay. New York teams. Never was a right. Buffalo fan, right. but I, since I've been in Atlanta, I came to Atlanta college age. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years old, 19, 20, sophomore in college. My family finally moved down, and I kind of just became an adult in Atlanta. Yeah, and, and adopted all the teams. You know, right, Hawks, right, right. The Falcons, and then. Uh, me and a friend of mine, you know, love football, going to Falcons games. And then he bought season tickets. 
Yeah. Mike Vick came when Mike Vick yeah. came. That was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And we had them season tickets together all the way till the new stadium. So it just become a tradition and yeah, love football. Cool. If the Eagles came, I would have said, yo, Jay, come come down this weekend and and, and get my oh, other- I've been. I've been every time they, <laughs> they hit Atlanta, yeah. I'm there. And it's funny because I think the one year we went, we went, uh, we lost, that was when Chip Kelly was the coach. Okay. We, we come down, me and my cousins there, we all up in that joint. We got the dope seats. We down at the it's low. It's fun, man. This was before they built that they was building a new one. Okay, but in the old the Georgia Dome. The Georgia Dome. So okay, we said yeah, Georgia yeah, yeah. Dome. I love the we Georgia wild, Dome. We wilding out, lose the game, like dang. So but you had like, a but you still had a great time. Could not believe it was a Monday night. It was the first weekend. I, first I was weekend at that game. Night. I was at that game. Could not believe how many Eagles fans was in that joint. I said plenty this of is them. Ridiculous, plenty man. Of them. I remember that game. I was there. And the and the and the the I, I'm with the analogy that came to my head when I was in there was we're walking around with Eagles fans in the Atlanta and the Georgia Dome. This is what racism feels like. We're the visiting team. So when you see another person from the visiting team jersey on, you dap them up and go, yo, what's up? That's but my you people. Nev- you will never be as big as the home team. Like the home team is going to outnumber you at all and be like, yo, you loud, but I need you to keep it down. Like, like, yeah, like, 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 don't forget who house you in. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is what racism feel like. If you, if you want to tell a white person what racism feel like, just always say you're always going to be the visiting team in the opposing team's home stadium. That's, that's what it feels like in America. You know what I'm saying? I love it too. Even on, <laughs> so even on the road, I'll go to football games on the road because I yes. just, I just love football, football atmosphere. Yeah. I've been on the road in Baltimore, Cleveland, other yes. cities and I'm like yo they play on Sunday and I'll get one ticket but I'm up in there yeah and see Cleveland is dope like Cleveland oh the dog dope. pound it was the oh best oh my god they're dope but I'm such of an Eagles fan I gotta watch my game so I won't go to their game okay we'll go to their sports bar and yeah, I yeah, went yeah. with their fans and I still want to watch the game you know what I mean that's I've how been I get in Cleveland twice that's a good city for football man yo they they are crazy in that joint I want them to win the Super Bowl I do I I, I, I'm root. I, they my. I root for them. I've been rooting for Cleveland for the past couple of years. I'm like, yo, this this city deserves a they Super deserve, Bowl. They deserve a Super Bowl. They. I don't know of any other city I can think of that deserves a Super Bowl more than them. Yo, I mean, maybe maybe Minnesota after them, but I think Cleveland Cleveland deserves a Super Bowl at least one. I mean, they've been. There's not a football clip old football clip that doesn't include the browns the browns absolutely absolutely and they've I mean, been around since the beginning dude 2017 was the most magical year i could ever imagine like i could not believe we won that damn super bowl like i was like yo that was the best year ever and it was so time your team win anytime it was so worth it like all team. the years we lost all them championship games we lost and all the other stuff bullshit we went through and losing to the patriots and super bowl 39 and shit it was worth it. It was like, yo, all this was worth it. And people were like, yo, y'all, but y'all just got put out the playoffs last week. I'm like, yo, we won the Super Bowl like three years ago. Like, yo, that dude is still in. Like, yo, we still the last NFC team to win it. Like, I don't care. Like, you can't make me feel bad about my. They can't my make you feel bad. I was at the Super Bowl when the Falcons lost. They can't make <laughs> you feel bad. Dog, that's got to be the worst, dude. I'm gonna me and tell Ms. you, Pat, man. Me and Miss Pat went I'm together. Gonna, to I'm gonna tell you a funny. I remember sending a group text. We was group texting about Atlanta, 
And we were like, yo, they were up 20. It was like 23 to nothing or 23 to three. 20, whatever. 28 to three. 28 to three. And we wilding. I'm like, yo, halftime. The text I sent, I sent a gif, the, the, the gif, little gif joints. Mm-hmm. It was the, the Jave Chappelle skit, skit where the dude was doing a lawnmower and a gay lawnmower uh, uh, landscaper. And he was doing yeah. a, little, a hop joint with the little joint. I said, this is Atlanta right now. Everybody started laughing. They was like, yo. I said, I can't believe them dudes about to win a Super Bowl. I was like, yo, we just drive down Atlanta right now. That's what we were saying. I said, we can make it down there. Three hours, we get down there. Man, I could not believe them dudes came back and won that game, bro. That's got to be the most upsetting. And and the statement I made at the end of that was, that's exactly how the Eagles will lose the Super Bowl. That's just I said the exact same thing. And we end up winning it the year after. And I, I said, that's exactly how the Eagles focus, will lose the Super Bowl. Yeah, they lost. Sitting in there, because sitting in there, you could feel it. You could, there was a lady sitting next to me, was a Patriots fan, and we were having, we were being cordial the whole game. And she said, Well, congratulations. And it was a good game. I said, I said, No, that's not how sports work. Right. Little time on the clock. And I I called it out. I said, Uh They're going to score two touchdowns and go for two in a row. Because I was adding up the points. I'm doing eight and eight, 16. Right. Right. She was like, She was like, Really? You think so? And Miss Pat left. Me and Miss Pat went to the Super Bowl together. She got the tickets from Fox, and me and her mm. went. And she left. She said, "I can't take it, Drew." I'm out. She went out in the in the in the hallway part, mm-hmm. and I sat there and the and I looked at the lady and I said, "See," and damn, you, know, you just knew it right when they tied it up. And I'm like, man. And it's crazy because it, all it took was them to stop one of those two point conversions. Like it was that simple. Like it that wasn't simple. anything that major. You know, any what I mean? one of them two point conversions, or if they had took the field goal when they were in position instead of trying to score or ran the ball more. You know, all those all those things you can question in your head. You know what I mean? It's I just, mean, they were balling that game. He had just threw that pass to Julio to get them down the field to field goal position. They couldn't stop Julio, bro. And then and then you come with a sack fumble, like lost 14 yards on a sack fumble, put you out of self out of field. My goal. but my theory, my theory has remained true because of that. My theory on Super Bowls is or or championship teams in general. Um, you can't tell me a team that's won a Super Bowl with a top 10 receiver um since Santonio San Holmes. Like mm. and, and San Antonio Holmes really had that one year, and after that, he really wasn't a top ten receiver. You might but, be right, man. But top need, ten receivers you need no names, huh? You got to top win ten receivers no. don't win you Super Bowls. Like they don't. Like like a OBJ and a Julio Jones and, and a Davante Adams. Like they're not going to win you a Super Bowl. They're not because it's too easy to take them out of the game. Yeah. And once you do that, what do you have? You need weapons. All the way around, and that's how you win Super Bowl. Yep, yep. You need a tight end, slot receiver, uh, a fullback that can run out in the flap and catch the ball, and a if running back that can block the block. Yep, a running back that can stop a blitz, right. pick up a blitz. Like all of those things got to happen. An offensive line that's balling. Like you got to do all of those things in order to win a Super Bowl. Yep. I, like I say, when 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 they, when Tom Brady had Randy Moss, they lost. And your and your O line gotta be cohesive. They gotta be one unit. One unit, and I know that more than anything this year. If that O line don't hang out and barbecue together, you ain't winning no Super Bowl. <laughs> our offensive line was trash this year. Like I was like, good God, oh my! If the O line do separate things and they, I don't, I don't talk to him out. Then you are gonna lose. <laughs> the O line, the O line gotta be like this. <laughs> 
They at each other's house. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so <clears throat> we, we're a little bit past the time. Let me see if I can wrap this up a little bit. But what I like to do on the Blisses Ignorant podcast, if you ever watched the Actors uh, Studio with James Lipton, you yes. shoot questions off at a guest, and I've remixed that a little bit for Blisses Ignorant. So we're going to hit you off with these questions. All right. What's your favorite word? Uh, chicken. Ch- <laughs> chicken. <laughs> I yo, I think you misheard me. I said word, not food, bro. Like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I love the word and the food. <laughs> All right. What's your least favorite word? Least favorite word, no. No, right. Yeah, that, that'll that'll basically put us in a bad spot. Hold on one sec. All right. Um, what is um what would you say? Uh my my phrase back here is TTBS. Uh, stands for that's that bullshit. Anything and everything you have absolutely no control over your life, that's that bullshit. That's what TTBS is. What's that's that bullshit to you? Uh, when a comedy club don't hire black comics just because they think they're Def Jam. Oh, oh, that's that bullshit. That is that bullshit. You're not, you're not giving people an opportunity and you're basing it on what you think. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, they, you know, it's prejudging. You know what I mean? It's the prejudice that's in them. You know what I mean? That they like, oh, I already know what I'm going to see when I get on stage. But we get that when we walk on stage. Right. You know, you walk on stage, you see the posture, you see the arms folded, you see that. But then you get into your third joke and then you see people loosen up and go, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. This dude is uh, a little bit different than what I thought. Yeah. He ain't even say uh, motherfucker yet. You know, it's like one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, And the opposite of that is the shit. Like, what is the shit to you? When people actually buy tickets to see you. Yes. Yes. That's that's a different show when people go, yo, I saw that you was coming. I I told my man, we sent the clip to my coworkers and and we bought tickets. That that's that's a different show. Yes. Um, dude, it's um that's that shit. It's it's so humbling for somebody to come to after the show out of town. Oh, yo, we uh we we came to see you. And I go, yo, uh one of the most humbling ones for me was um St. Louis. Okay. The funny, the funny bone. I got booked to do St. Louis Funny Bone because the host hosted for me in Omaha mm. with John Morgan. Mm-hmm. And he had pool. And called me, was like, yo, can you come and do St. Louis? And I'm like, yeah, that's what's up, man. How'd you how'd you be able to get me the feature spot? He's like, nah, headlining. I was like, yo, you got me the headlining spot for the weekend? He was like, yeah. I was like, how? He's like, yo, I told him. I said, like, get the fuck out of here, right? I get to the joint. I pull up. I'm walking into the building. The line, I ain't never been to St. Louis in my life. The line is going out the door. I'm walking in. I'm shaking hands. And the dude was like, Jay Bliss. And I'm like, what's up, man? Like that. He like, yo, brought the family. I'm like, how? He goes, yo, we saw you on YouTube. I was like, what? So they put the ad up. They put the ad up. Yeah. People went and started searching. Here it is. Saturday show, Saturday show sold out. Second show sold out. And I'm tripping because I'm like, I've never been to St. Louis. 
They brought me back. That's the best, yo, because I, you're like, it's like um, I'm in Calgary last last year March, mm-hmm. and Calgary has Calgary Canada has three comedy clubs. Okay. So there's like a, a A club and two B clubs. Right. Drew Lynch is at one of the clubs. Right. And uh, what's the dude from Silicon Valley? T.J. Miller. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other club. Okay. I'm like, damn. I'm Drew Lynch coming off uh, America's Got Talent. T.J. Miller in all the movies, and I'm at the other club. Right. We sold out the weekend, and the people said, so I'm like, y'all had the other two people. What what made you come here? Right. We went on YouTube. We watched clips of all three clubs, and we chose you. That's it. And and, and here's the crazy thing, Drew. I don't even like my YouTube clips. Like, you know, that's, that's the crazy thing about it. I put it out there because you need content. You got to have something out there. But it's, right. not, it's not jokes that I would do. You know what I mean? It's jokes right. that I've done, but it's jokes like, uh, let me throw that out there. But, like, the crazy thing about it was they brought me back to that club. That was summertime. They brought me back in January, which is really unheard of to bring me back that early in January. But that day, somebody fall out. It's like, hey, can you come? I came and came back. So I had a new 20 minutes ah. that I was working on, right? So I'm, I'm doing my old set, but I'm, I'm putting in the 20 minutes or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Guy comes up at me, he's like, yo, I saw you in July. He's like, yo, your new stuff is funny. And I'm like, yo, how do you, you remember my set yes. number one and number two, you know that, you know what's new. And I go, that's, that's freaking, that's why I appreciate St. Louis. Like I love St. Louis just for the energy, number one, but the fact that their fans is like, yo, yeah. we rock with this dude. And I'm like, yo, people are like, yo, who's your best, where's your best club? I'm like, St. Louis, Funny Bone. They're like, you got family there? Like, nope. No. That's I know one person, I, will, I know one person to live there. Yeah, that's like the Looney Bins, man. I've been playing the Looney Bins for a minute and it's taken a, it's taken a time, but those clubs now have gotten to the point where I'm selling tickets in those clubs. People are like, yo, yeah. we saw you the last time. Then the last time I was there, I was like, yo, these people saw me before? So right. I have a new 2025 myself, new right? 2025, so right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the same thing, people was like, yo, the new shit is hilarious. And I'm like, right. you think I had the new shit? Right, because it's, it, it's, it's crazy. I love having new shit to work on. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't have the pressure of, I got to bring the house down. Like, I don't, I don't have that pressure anymore. Like, I'm like, listen... If, if I need to get into a space where I need to just bring everything to a, a uproar because the, the energy is low, then I'll go out there and do that. Right. But I would rather the feature do they shit, get the crowd into a good rhythm so I could come out there, have some fun and work on some new shit. You know what I mean? And bounce I, it how you want and take your time and be in my time. And if you need to go joke, run off joke. 10 minutes of old material, you do old it. Old joke, new joke, old joke, new joke. Like I would I love that 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 working part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Working out that set to when you come back home and Hef is in the building and Hef go, hey, new bits. Like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> that's good shit. I like appreciate it. You know what I mean? So it's like those those things work, man. If uh no one knew who you were. As you say, that's your typical story. <laughs> Me too. Um, well, and I had to introduce you to the world. What would be your walk on music? Um, Al Green, tired of being alone. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I mean, we went straight old school too. That's, that's yeah. Um, and if you you retired and I had to just you exited, right? You exited from the game. What's your walk off music? 
Oh man, I'd have to go with Frank. I did it my way. Frank Frank Sinatra, you the third comedian that said that one. Third yeah. comedian that said that one. Yeah, yeah, I would have to say that, man. Yeah, that's. I truly feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if you had to choose another profession other than your own, what would you think you would be doing? Uh, probably a teacher. Right. And you know, that's and would it be like a early education? Would it be college level? Like, what do you think? Um, I would I would probably go early education. I I, I think um, forming the minds of of, right. of the young. Uh, you know, if you could if you could stare a four and a five year old. And to later on, they go, man, I'm a comedian because of my mentor, Drew Thomas. That would be. Yeah, that's dope. That would be incredible. That's dope. And that's a whole nother podcast, too. Uh, when you impact a younger comic and they come up and tell you how you impacted them and you didn't know you did. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's humbling, too. You know what I mean? Yo, when I got a dude came to me, said he started comedy because of me. He saw me in his town. I came to his town when I was a middle Mm-hmm. And he said, yo, I saw you do it. And, and he started doing it after that. That's dope. That's dope. That's what you need. You need that to continue to keep you going. You know what I mean? Right. It's like those little things or whatever. Things yeah, because make- if you just dwelled on the industry, not giving you what you think is yours or other comics, not giving you what you think is yours, or I'm not on this, or I'm not in this, or I don't get no streams, you would, you would drive yourself crazy. Yeah. But I'm when a- you know that, that, that lady down in Vero Beach is going to buy two tickets when you come. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, bro. That's my win. That's my win right there. I'm like, yo, I know she getting two tickets. She always come when I come down. No doubt. I'm going to tell you like this, man. I mean, we only worked together the one time. But if this thing ever flipped around for me and I was able to become this huge mega star, Please believe you won't be 50 people down the list before you get a phone call from yo, me. Like, yo, come that. rock with me, Drew. Like, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Vice versa, yo. I mean, I hope 21, 2021 is better. I think, I hope people put better, better shows together, better combination, oh, yeah. all these Zooms and club room and all this. I, I hope, I hope people really go, yo, you know what? I'm going to put a funny show together. I'm going to bring my man in and not the. I'm gonna bring my this dude because he can drive, or this dude know how to roll up. So I'm gonna put him on the show. Like, right? To put people on show. That's not. It's not the reason. I mean, I do my Jay Blissin friends every year, and that was the one that got canceled this year. But I bring all headliners. Like, I only put headliners on the lineup, and we cut the time way back. So you got to go out there and kill them. And I say, yo, no new material. Go out there and puss them in the head. Get off the stage. That's how I do it. If I book a show, I book a yeah. head. Come with me, man. I book my yeah. man, Mike Somerville. I book. I did a corporate gig in January. I brought Mia Jackson with me. I'm like, yeah. I'm not taking no, no opener. You're going first. But I want a heavy hitter. I want heavy hitters all on stage. And people come to them shows and they go, yo, I have not laughed like that. And I go, yeah, because I tell them in the back, like, don't give them time to breathe, man. Let's just hit them yeah. in the head. And get off the stage so I can bring the next person up. I don't. And why would you pay? Want somebody to pay twenty five dollars for a dude to get on stage and go wait till he's good? Right, right. Well, you, here's the. Here, uh, we, and, and this is a little bit past time, but let, let me bring this point up. Had a dude that was a bad host, like he just wasn't doing a good job at hosting. And in some instances, it might be better to let the guy that's hosting middle, and let the guy that's middle host because they're better hosting. It's a it's an energy. Because the host can the host can mess the room up so quick that people don't even realize how bad it is for the middle and the headliner because the host fucked up the show. It's not about time in the game or disrespect or oh you gonna put me first. If I feel your energy is better as a host, yep, you're gonna host and and Absolutely. do the job the same way. 
Look yep. at Sean Jones. Sean Jones is somebody both of us look up to. I've done shows where I've put it together where I'm like, Sean, I'm paying you headliner money, but you the host because I need yeah. I need you to host this joint. Absolutely. Absolutely. And bring I mean, everybody up and bring up the headline and the people be like, yo, that's the funniest show we ever went to. I'm like, yeah, because my man hosted it. Because because the, the energy is right. You yeah. know, it's, it's funny, man. It's like a it's like it's a humbling thing. You know, a lot of times I think we were doing a show one time in, in Charlotte where they said uh, the headliners come home. And it was me, Johnny Millwater, Spanky Brown, uh, a couple other cats. Okay. And then I got there and it was like, yo, um, what's the lineup? I was like, yo, seniority, I'll go first. I was like, y'all been doing this shit way longer than me. You know what I mean? And they was like, well, nah, you. And I was like, mm, I'm going first. I was like, I'd rather sit back and watch y'all. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm not trying to trying to figure out or hurt, and step on nobody's toes. Because it was it was cats that was in there that was like, helped me, like mentored me going up. Right, right. And I'm like, I'm not trying to go after you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I'm not trying to even be in that space where I'm like, yeah, they put me after you. Like, I don't even want the club manager trying to decide. You know what I mean? Just put me first and we'll go after years. And we'll right, we'll do it, it that like way. That. Yeah, exactly. So I'm used to, they used to do me like that in New York. That's how me and Daryl Dam got close. Cause every time I'd go up to New York and we go to a spot, oh, all right, well, you, I'm about to put you up. I said, all right, y'all gonna stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope, man. That's dope, man. Hey, man, appreciate you coming on, man, and chopping it up with, with your boy, man. Man, you know, Jay, appreciate you having me, man. No doubt, Happy man. To you, hope twenty twenty one is better for all of us, man. Man, listen, I can't listen. It can't get no worse. I don't think it can, but it can. we'll see. January we'll see. will, but it can't get no worse past. January. <laughs> Look, man, last year they killed Kobe, man. So I mean, I mean, that was the start of the ending to me. I was just like, yo, I don't know how how it's gonna get any worse, but that's that's what it is. But um, yo, until next time. We're going we gonna to chop it up again, man. Appreciate you. Peace out, my brother.